0: All right. Good morning, church. All right. So um, Pastor Roy is actually at the garden today preaching. So we have a guest speaker today. Um, many of us know him. So um, Zach Park will be preaching today. He's here with his wife, Corey, and his two boys, Noah and Isaiah. Um, Zach works in ministry full time for Family Life. He's the national field director, um, which is one of the ministries at Crew. Um So very, we're very thankful and blessed to have him preach today. So let's give him a warm welcome. Zach, come on up. Good morning, and good morning, morning. Does I sound good? Is this good right now? Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, thanks, Daniel, for the introduction. Uh, those of you who don't know me, my name is Zach. Um, uh, just to get a little bit of an introduction for myself, um, Corey and I have been in full-time ministry with we're, we were with college students with Crew, formerly Campus Crusade for Christ, for about twelve years. We were in Missouri for a while in St. Louis, and we moved out here to the Inland Empire to start a ministry about eight or nine years ago. It's been a while, and so, and so it's kind of crazy. It's a long time, right? And so, uh, about a year and a half ago, um, I transitioned my role to a ministry called Family Life. Uh, it's a ministry, of course, a family ministry. And some of you may have heard of it, some of you may not have. It's a ministry that was, you know, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s doing radio broadcasts and Bible studies and things like that. And now we're transitioning over to becoming really a movement of families, reaching, reaching people for Christ. And um, so I got, I'm, I'm in the, we're in the middle of a transition and I get to be a, a national field director. We have about somewhere around 300, 350 staff all across the country. Uh, My specific department went from about 40 people last year to about 100 people this year. And so it's a world, it's been a whirlwind. God's been doing amazing things and and our our staff are um, working with about 1,000 volunteers, about 1,000 different families all across the country who are willing to say, you know what, we're gonna be a family on mission for God we're going to be a family, on mission for God to reach others who are, who are the people who are far from the church and far from God. And, and we want to use our family uh, as our family network as, as part of being living missionally. And so, so today, uh, we're, we're going to talk about family discipleship. I, I understand that you guys, this year's theme is being a disciple, right? And some pastor Roy asked, me, hey, Zach, hey, you're in family ministry. Why don't you talk about family discipleship? And I'm like, in the last year and a half, I felt like a, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I, I felt like, oh, man, I'm totally not equipped to do this, all right? I don't have it together, right? and Or, you know, sometimes I even feel like a fraud. I feel really ill-equipped even today standing up here because if you guys know what families are like, uh, and many of you, there are many of you who are families here and some of you are singles or, and uh, or newly married, or potentially getting married in the future. And, you know, fam- family is crazy, right? You know, even this week, I'm just, like, yelling at my kids because of, of my sin nature, right? Even, even um, you know, this week, I, I, I didn't love my wife very well, right? Um, and, you know, Corey was out of town for a couple days, and so I was doing, you know, the single dad thing. And sometimes I do well in those situations. Uh, this week, I didn't. Um, and so I feel very, um, not very qualified in my walk with the Lord in talking about families. And so you guys need to pray for me right now. And so As we talk about what it means to um, be a family and, and what it means to impact the world as a family and what it means to have busy lives. That's like the number one thing when you talk. Hey, how are you guys doing? I'm busy, really busy. Fam- families are busy, right? And so, um, and really, I want to I wanna be up here trying to maybe help you to pursue the relationship that matter the most. Those relationships that matter the most isn't just family, right? It's a relationship with God and with, with relationship with people, right? And so, um, we're gonna be we're gonna be in Deuteronomy six, and, and as you get there, I, I want to talk about we, as as we live in a busy society, right? As we live in a uh, technology-driven society, that that our our attention gets shifted really quickly, really fast, and and today we're gonna to get really practical, and 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 sometimes. When you get practical, a danger is that maybe the bar can get set really high, right? So whenever you talk about godly families, whenever we talk about what does it mean to do family worship together, what does it mean to uh, disciple your children, what does it mean to love your wife and husband well, and, and all those things, we can talk about that, but you can start to have a picture of what a quote-unquote a perfect godly Christian family would look like. And it, to me, when that happens to me, I feel really anxious. Uh, my anxiety level gets way high because I'm like, I can't do that. There is no way that I can, you know, all my kids kids are going to just listen to me like perfectly, right, Joe? Right, and so, right, or, or 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 there's this sense of that like, oh, I'm going to be leading my family really, really, really well. I'm going to be the leader of the family as a man. I'm like, well, I failed at that, and so. So, so there's a sense of that we're setting the bar really high. And so today I want to make s- certain things practical and maybe really reorient ourselves of, of what, a, what, a, what a family actually is. right? I'm not going to do a lot of theological stuff. Uh, I'm not going to do a lot of uh, background. Uh, but it's going to be really, what does it look like for us to be walking with the Lord so intently that that godly principles just oozes out into the relationship that we have. Um, if you're not married, if you're if you're if you're not a everybody's a part of a family, right? Uh, but if you're not married, if you don't have a fa- family unit, it's okay because there's a lot of principles here that you can take back as well. And so, um, Deuteronomy six, uh, verse four. Here oh, I'm, um, I'm reading out of the ESV. Hear, O Israel. And, you, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Amen. Let's, let's pray, and if you would pray for me at this time, I would really appreciate it. Uh, Father God, I, I thank you so much for this Lord's Day. Thank, thank you that, that, that I get to speak uh, on your behalf, Lord. And Lord, would you hide me behind the cross, Lord, that, that I wouldn't be up here saying that I got all these together, but Lord, that we are in the journey together as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as we journey towards what, what it means to impact the world, what it means, means to live missionally. God, I pray that, um, that you would open our eyes, Lord, that you would open, open our ears. Um, I pray that, that we would be able to walk out of this room at the end of the day, Lord, um, having, having some tools under our belts Lord um, and that we would and, and that we would feel your grace and your love for us in Jesus name I pray amen amen whether it 's family discipleship or personal discipleship um, here in the West uh, discipleship can get sometimes get, get 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 narrowed down to like Christian education sometimes well sometimes it can be like, hey, go read this book on whatever, whatever you're struggling with, right? So go re- read this book on evangelism. Go read this book on theology. Go read this book on ex- whatever it is, right? Family ministries, right? Um, and, and sometimes it can get to be a, way too personal, meaning too individualistic. But the Bible was written not in a Western culture. Bible wasn't written in, in, a, in an individualistic culture. Bible was written in a communal culture. And so, so what I do matters in my community, right? And so what I do matters within my family. And the toxic side of that is, is that sometimes there's a lot of shame that can be involved. Uh, sometimes there can be a lot of finger pointing that can be involved. There, there's a dysfunctionality that can happen in that area as well. But, but on the other side is, is that if we get too individualistic, our faith becomes, oh, it's just mine like it's just private right it's just uh, I'll I'll just be a christian by myself i can just read the bible uh, i can be i can you know listen to podcasts and i don't need the church cuz church is not the real family and so th- those are the toxic sides of of either do, being too individualistic in our theology or maybe even even too communal but here in the west and we we live in the world of individualism Right? And so I, I want to I shift our framework a little bit towards, towards our family being, be, being communal and, and everything that the Bible says has to do with a community. And so I'm going to tell you a little quick story about a guy named Justin. Uh, his name is Justin Early, Early with E, e between the L and the Y. You look, look him up. And so he, 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 he was a uh, missionary to China in, in his 20s for about five, six years. And, and and he's a friend of the family life ministry, and, and I've gotten to know him over the, over the last couple of years. And um, so as I'm hearing his story, uh, he, he said, well, Zach, I felt like my time in China was amazing. My time in uh, working with church planters and underground church in China was amazing. It was awesome. But I felt like God was calling me to something different. I felt like God was calling me to, to a different type of a ministry. And he really felt like God was calling him into the workplace. And so and so he, he, he left the mission field, came back to Virginia where he's from, went to law school, and, and he's actually an owner of a merger and acquisition uh, firm right now. And uh, o- over the years, um, he went through a lot of difficult um, time during law school, during when he was an associate at a firm, and, and even learning his own practice. And one of the things that he told me is, is that, Man, like Zach, there, there's there's always so much more to do in the workplace and also in the home. In a secular workplace, he was saying, "Well, I, I worked with all these guys who, 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 who would just wake up in the morning, check their emails, um, and try to get as much as as they could get done at nighttime after work, and 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 some of these guys just spiraled out of control because their their, their identities and that was in their work." that Spiral out, out of control, meaning you know, they're not believers, and so you know they are, you know, they're they're, they're into drugs, right? Um, they're they're into into um, having affairs, right? Because 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 they need to fill something a void in their lives, and then he said, well, Zach, what's what's weird is that this is really true in the Christian circles too. We just spiritualize it, right? We we're always doing more. We're always doing. More. we're asking people to. Read more, be serving more, um, go go to go to Bible studies. Those are all good things, right? But we're adding all these things to our already busy, busy lives. I won't I won't make you raise your hands. But if I were to ask, how many of you guys are busy? Probably everybody's hands would be raised, right? We can and we don't need to do comparison of who's busier, right? Um, but but we. Sometimes we pride ourselves in in our busyness of our lives. And so so what happens is that even in the family discipleship world, the tendency is for us to, we just need to do more. We just need to add more stuff. We just need to do our morning prayers with our kids. We just need to do a, a family worship every single night. We just need to be involved with other families who are doing this together. None of those things are bad things, right? And so, so Justin wrote a series of books. And so um, his name is Justin Early, and most of my stuff today is coming out of, coming out of his books. One of, them's called, one of them's called the common rule. What's a common rule for the family? We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but there's several other books as well. And so um, his name is Justin Early, and and I, I've been really, it's been really good for me in my heart. And so, and so, let's reorient our family discipleship. Family discipleship is not about doing more things together, but rather it's about being making an missional impact. Making an admissional impact. So today's title is what? Impacting the world amidst a busy lives. Family discipleship impacting the world amidst a busy lives. This doesn't even have to be about just families, right? Why does God save us? God saves us so that we can make an impact in the world. Right? If it's if it's just all right, God saves you and just be in heaven, He would not leave us here. Right? But he has created us for us to do good works. Ephesians 2.10. He has created us to do good works in in this world. That doesn't change when you're in a family. He has created the family unit to do good works in this world. And then the mission of God is is that the other people would know him. And so we can talk about that at an individual level of, you know, missionaries, not just that, but just living your life missionally but when you're married, when you're in a family unit, well, that's also true of the family unit. And so the first thing is that, is that we need, the family have to, has to become a family on mission. That we need to have a families to be, become families on mission. Verse 7. Verse 7. Oh, where am I? Says, you shall teach them diligently. So th- these, these are all godly stuff. Or God has given them a law. God, is, God has given the, the Israelites how, how to live. And, and it says, verse 7, you shall teach these things, teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. And you shall bind them as a sign in your hand, and they, they shall be frontlets in your eyes. You shall, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and in your gates. What, 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 is, what does that mean? Every area of your life needs to be under the authority of, of, of God. Every single area. And so, so what God has for us in every single area of our lives, what, what are the biblical principles that we can actually implement into every single area of our lives? what is the number one reason why families are not intentional, intentional in their family discipleship? It's because we're busy, right? That's, um, but, but, but here's the thing. Discipleship, being a disciple, is not something that you do. It's, some, it's, it's, it's who you are, right? Pastor Roy's been talking about this this last six months, right? right? Is that it's, not something, it's not something that you do, it's who we are. So now the, the idea is that how do we incorporate all these things into, into our lives that God intends us to have? How do we infuse biblical principles into everyday activities and how are we to be missionaries in our communities? And so maybe a question that I would ask is what is your unique family value? And, and in, a, in an ever-changing world, um, this can be different. For each families, and it could be different for different seasons. Corey and I had a like for the first time in like two years had a, had a, like a family meeting last Sunday, <laughs> and and we talked about we talked about hey, what is our unique family value? Like what makes us unique? And it could be something different, right? And having those conversations again, um, if you're single, ask that yourself. What what is what is my unique value? Um, as 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 a, as a child of God, All right? And so, and how do we also live out our live out our lives in a way that that's going to actually make an impact in this world? And so, one example is uh, hospitality. So, one of the examples is hospitality. What is a biblical hospitality? Some of you might know that hospitality is a is a spiritual gift. And so so hospitality is a spiritual gift. And whenever, early in my 20s when I was in college, I never knew what that actually meant. Like what does that mean? Like you, that's a gift of hospitality. What does that actually mean? You you just invite people over and hang out a lot. Like you just play Settlers of katana a lot. Just or just like watch like host the Super Bowl part. Like what what is hospitality? Like that's a that's a spiritual gift. That's weird. Like spiritual gift of like prophecy. Spiritual gifts of a of a teacher and then the spiritual gifts of administration. I'm like those are all really useful. But like spiritual hospitality. What does that even what does that mean? Gift of hospitality. And so. So we're going to do some we're going to do some Greek work today. Don't don't fall asleep, you guys. And so school's out in July, but we're back in school today. And so and so 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 in order to figure out what hospitality actually means, we, we need to we need to actually dig into the Greek. And so um, do we have slides here? All right, we won't have to do that. It's fine. Um, and so all right. The city of Philadelphia. Oh, here you go. The city of Philadelphia. All right. Uh, the root words are phileo, which means love, and then adelphos, which means brother. And you guys probably know this. What is the city of city of Philadelphia known as? The city of what? Brotherly love. Right. That's that's the root. Right. Um, the word xenophobia. You guys all know what phobia is—a fear of, right? Fear of something. Phobos, and then and xenos is 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 a. a in, in Greek, it's other, it's other. And so, in the English language, this is sometimes like fear of immigrants or fear of who are, people who are not like us, right? That's the word. All right, next word is a, a Greek word. Uh, it's a phyloxenia, a philo-xenia. And so, And so philo is, is, is is to love, right? Like Philadelphia, right, it's to love. Zenia is is a is a stranger. It's an it's a immigrant. It's somebody who's outside of the community, and so love of, of stranger, right? Translation: Sometimes it's translated as friend, uh, friend to strangers, friend to outsiders. Every time the word Philo Zenia is in the uh, in 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 the Bible, it's translated as hospitality. Think about that for a moment. Spiritual gift of hospitality is not about hosting people. Spiritual gift of hospitality is is being friend to strangers. Is being friends who are those outside of our community. Who are those who are the people who are outside of our community? Non Christians, people who are far from the church and far from God. And so, so how do we how do we so in the midst of our hectic lives? Um, it's it's really important to recognize that that what God calls us to, calls to is, is that, that our families are on mission. And one of the easiest and one of the best ways to, to, to engage in that is, is with the gift of hospitality, the gift of philoxenia, the gift of how do we love the outsiders, how do we love the strangers, how do we love people who are not like us. In your neighborhoods, in your uh, you with your coworkers. Now, if you tell me it's like, "Hey Zach, do you have the gift of hospitality?" I'm like, "No, I I don't like people that much. You know, I don't like people in my house that much. And so, so I, I don't. I probably don't have the gift of hospitality if you ask me that way. But, but in a biblical sense, it's like, "Hey Zach, do you have the gift of hospitality? Can I love? Can I love people who are not like me?" I would hope so. Can, can I can I be with people who don't believe the same things I I, I do? I I would hope so. That I, I I would I would want to say that yeah, like I actually like non Christians better than Christians sometimes. You know, some Christians sometimes make me upset or whatever, and then non Christians sometimes is really easy to talk to. Do I have a gift of hospitality? I don't know, uh, but 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 the idea is is that, that we are on mission that we need to be on mission. And so if every area of your life needs to be under the authority of God, this is my second point, then then in in a family unit, the second point is is that, that we need to have oneness in marriage. Oneness in marriage. Family discipleship starts with oneness in marriage. You see, ma- ma- the idea of marriage—if you ask some just random people with, in this room or random people out in the streets—is like, "Hey, what's a ma- what is a marriage? Oh, two people who love together and they, you know, they sign a contract, Right? You, right? Or you got to register somewhere, or you know, just like go to the courthouse. What what is marriage? Right? Marriage is actually tied to the creation mandate in Genesis." God institutes marriage in Genesis 1, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Be fruitful and multiply. Genesis 2:28. Therefore man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become One flesh. One flesh. And so the oneness is really, really important because as a family unit, if you're going to be a family on mission, you have to have oneness in your marriage. And and a lot of times, uh, as I found out in family ministry, a lot of times what people struggle with is actually isolation, isolation. And so, whether you're single or not, right? And so there's this idea of isolation. Even when people are married, sometimes people are isolated, so you have to go from isolation to oneness before you can go from oneness to impact. Because if you're not together as one, if you're not agreed upon as one, like, what are... The direction of the family becomes incredibly difficult. And so... And we can talk about proverbial you know, wisdoms in this in marriage, right? And have a date night. Communicate well. Figure out people's love languages. Um, spend time together, right? Um, and I'm not, I'm not here to talk about all of that right now, actually. But, but really, sitting down together to talk through, hey, what's, what's God's kingdom vision for your lives, You can ask this question whether you're single or married. What is God's kingdom for you uh, and in your lives? And if you're a family unit, include the kids into this conversation. Right? What is God's kingdom vision in our, in our lives? And, and some people have different things. What, what burdens you? What, how has God created you in a way that, that, that you can't not help to do X, Y, Z? Right? Some of you love like church discipleship. Like I can't not do church discipleship. I need to be involved in the church to be able to do all these things. Great. Like let's figure something out. Some of you love international missions. All right. I I need to go somewhere. Like every year, every six months, we need to we need to figure out things in our family so that so that so that we can go overseas, take the gospel somewhere. Or maybe some of you is like, man, we got to figure out this homeless thing. And I need to be involved in, in in the church to be able to do this. Whatever it is, right? Some of you might be. I I need to disciple someone, maybe individually, or maybe as a couple, discipling, mentoring a younger couple, or something like. I I need to do something. What What moves you to to action? When 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 God calls Moses, when God calls Moses, one of, one of the things that he talks to God is is that is that. I, I don't. I don't know how to do this. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to how how to, how to talk. You know, I, I'm I'm stumbling. I'm muttering a lot. So I don't know how to talk. Uh, and, and and Exodus, God, God says, Moses, what's in your hand? I don't have slides for this because this is not part of the. Sorry, I didn't prep for this, but this is a side note. Um, but but God says, what's in your hand? He says, I have my staff in my hand. The staff was with was with him all these years as he was herding sheep, right? What God essentially asks is is that what's in your hand? What's in your hand that that you know? How has God gifted you? How has God wired you? And figuring out how does that actually fit into God's kingdom vision for your life? And maybe you need help. Maybe you can figure out what God's kingdom vision for your life is, but maybe you need help in that area. Like I don't know what I'm doing. I I need some mentoring. I need I need some discipleship from from, from older people, right? Don't everybody go to Roy and Jill because they I mean they're busy enough, right? Who 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 are the people in your life that that they can speak to, speak into your life in that in in these areas? And the next is how how do we do this together with other people? How do we do this together with other people? Um, you know, I'm gonna brag on Adrian and Catherine a little bit, they don't know this. But like, you know, they, they you know, they they've gotten into you know missions in the Philippines, right? How do I do this with other people? They're linking arms with other people to do this together. Right? Because we're not individuals, right? We are the family of God. Right? And sometimes when you think about your own family, it's like, are there dysfunctions? Yeah. <laughs> right? Are there things it's like, oh, I can't talk to this person. There's that weird uncle, right? Everybody's got a weird uncle, right? And so I was like, "Ah, I don't think I can talk to this person, right? And so, that's okay. That's okay. But what you can figure out is, is that who are the people that I can link arms with to do the things that God has called us to do? That's really important. That's the importance part of being part of a community. Right? And lastly, my, uh, my third point is invest in your walk with your personal walk with the Lord. And so figure out your family. You've got, you got to posture yourselves as a, a family being on mission. Secondly, you've got to figure out that, that, that we need to go from isolation to oneness in marriage. And lastly, actually invest in your personal walk with God too. right? What did I say in the beginning? We're, we're communal, right? But individual also matters, right? And that that invest in your personal walk with God. Verse five, Deuteronomy six, verse five: You shall love the Lord, Lord your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Jesus repeats this phrase in the New Testament, right? That you shall love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your might. The so change in behavior begins with the change in the heart, right? Um, h- how do we do that? Again, how do we do that? We're busy. We're you got you know you got you got work. You got kids. You got daycare. Dropping off kids at soccer practice. We just ended soccer season. that's what we're talking about, you know. And so you know, dropping kids off at soccer practice or whatever, right? H- how do we actually change some of our behavior? And so, the guy that I mentioned, Justin Early, he wrote a book called *The Common, Common Rule*, um, and it's a play on words of in the in the our ch- early church fathers had this thing called the Book of Common Prayer. Um, book of Common Prayer was used by 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 monks, uh, early Franciscan monks, and and others to to kind of. Systematize if you will your prayer life. That's kind of weird, right? Systematize your prayer life. Like prayer is supposed to be like super spiritual, and it should it shouldn't be it shouldn't be too directed, and and you gotta feel get got a feel for it, right? But but in the early days, it was that that the Book of Common Common Prayer helped you to pray every single day. Helped you to 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 know what to pray for every single day. And and really, it was, it was setting up a, a, a rhythm of a habit. Habit of prayer. Habit of, of, of walking with God every single day. Now, if you're not used to that, if you're not used to you know, daily quiet times and things like that, I, I would suggest add something in for once a week. Add something in for maybe once every other day. Or something that where you can do uh, consistently. And, and Justin talks about what are the common rules of life that you could have. And you need to ask yourself that question, right? And so some of the things that he talks about is Bible before phone. How many of you guys are, uh, get up in the morning and first thing you do is, is this? I've done it. That's, that's, we're all friends here, right? I, I, I've done it, right? A lot, actually. Um, or, or some people uh, in, in the professional world, first thing that they do is do, uh, six a.m. They wake up and s- crank out three emails. Why? Your identity is not in your work. Your identity is not in pleasure of, of of entertainment. Your identity is in the Lord. And so Justin talks about Bible before phone. Um, he talks about he talks about. Um, about food, it's kind of funny, right? He talks about food. Um, how many of you guys have had, like, have eaten in your car? I'm like, I'm like, driving with my knee, trying to get a burger in, and who's not done it? Everybody's done it. I'll just, I'll confess, right? I, I've done it, right? Um, we're so busy that you're that that food. There, there's a two. There, there are two philosophies on food in the modern day. It's either fuel, it's like food is just, it's just fuel. I just eat it and, I, and it, it, it satiates my hunger and I'm done. And so you're eating in your car or, or, or food is fashion. I need to do the Instagram thing over here and, 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 and project to the world what kind of food that, that, that I'm eating, right? Th- those are the two prevailing thoughts on food, what a food is right now um, in our world. And so I've done both. Probably many of you have done both as well. And so again we're all friends and so um, but the bible talks about food in a way that that's 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 all about the community when you're eating with someone it's it's a high honor right when 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 jesus goes into zacchaeus's house to sit and eat that's a high honor right whether you eat or drink, Paul said, whether you eat or drink, do, do, do it for the glory of God. Well, again, when I was younger, I was like, does that mean I just need to be super thankful for what I'm eating? Because that's what I thought, right? Glory of God, like, what does that mean when I'm eating? No, that the God has given you community in your life that, 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 that you eat together. That you eat together. And so... Maybe one rule is, is that, that, that you're, you're always together as a family for dinner or always together for breakfast as a family. It doesn't have to be dinner, right? But, but, but there's freedom in, in all of that, right? To so be, be together. But you need to ask yourself these things, right? And so, so today's not about, you know, hey, Zach's going to give you this formula of the, you need to do these five things to have a better family discipleship. Like, th- this is not that, that sermon. But really, I, I want to I help you guys to have questions in your mind to think through as, in your next quiet time of like, hey, what is God's kingdom vision for my life? What is God's kingdom vision for my life? And, and if that's, if you figure that one out, and then after that, is like, what, are, what are the things that I need to put into my life and in, in, in a place so that, so that I can actually walk in that? Right, um, so that I can actually walk in that, and i don't know I don't know what it's going to be for you, but if you're single, it might be between this these two classes that have one hour break that's going to be my that's going to be my time with the Lord, rather than just messing around doing whatever at the hub um, it's going to be my time with the Lord or or it might be, hey, I'm going to have a weekly conversation with, with an accountability partner. That I need, I need a friend. I need somebody that can speak into me. It could be every other week. Those timing is, to me, to me it's irrelevant because the common rules of life are, aren't there to say, hey, these are, again, these are the, all the things that you have to do. What did we talk about earlier? Right? The discipleship is not about doing more, Right? That's who we are. So, so, as we walk with Christ, as we walk with the Lord, that 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 we, we that that our our love for Him would continue to increase, and, and it'll ooze out into the practicalities of our lives. There's a super popular book out right now. It's called Atomic Habits. Have you guys heard of it? Yeah, right. And so, super popular right now. Guy guy named James Clear. He's Christian, uh, and and. and and when i love books this is just personal personality of mine i love books and authors and you know thought leaders if you will who are who are who are christians but they, they write and speak to in a, in a non-christian way but 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 you can totally see the their christian values coming through i love those types of people because because what they're doing is is that how do we bring biblical principles into into secular world if you will. Biblical principles are true. If it's God's truth, then it should apply for all people. Right? And so so he talks about doing, you know it's it's all about all about habit formation, right? Just changing one percent. All right, changing one percent a day or a month or something, but one percent better than you, you did before. It's not about adding okay, do do you know do your Bible memories and, and, and quiet times and 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 figuring things out with kids, and every Friday night date night, I'm like, when I hear all those things together, I I get real high. I get anxious real quick because that's so much to do, right? But but what's what if I if we can get get better, one percent, right? This is that. This is his quote: "Change in behavior begins in the change in the heart." If our heart is geared towards to, to, to family discipleship and if we can change things very slowly, you know, you, you might feel like, oh, it's not that big of a deal like next month. Two years from now, it's going to be a huge deal, right? That, and, and, and what would it look like for, for a family to know that, that we, as a unit, that we are walking with Christ, it's not just my walk with the Lord, individually by myself, but, but mom and dad are, 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 have oneness, they have unity in Christ, and then we are walking forward, being on mission with Christ. If we can figure that out, I really do believe that, that, that there's a generation of families who can really impact the world. I really believe that. Again, it's not doing more. It's reorienting ourselves. It's reorienting ourselves. Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and righteousness. In Deuteronomy 6, it's just talking about you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. If we can reorient ourselves to those things, then all these things shall be given unto you. My prayer today is, is that, that that you wouldn't feel the sense of like, "Hey, I am less than," or uh, "I need to do more," or. Um, but my prayer is that that you would have a little bit of tools to to figure out how to how to have these conversations. Um, with your spouse? How do you have these conversations with your children? Um, if you're not married yet, how do how do, how do you have these conversations internally, have have quiet times with the Lord, and figure out where what, what God's mission is for you in your life? You can do this anytime. And so, you know, both, both Justin and, and James Clear with Atomic Habits is that these guys are talking about how do, we, how do we take off one thing and just add one thing. That's it. And so my challenge to you today is, is that as you go out today, tonight, before you go to bed, uh, what, think about what is one thing that I can reorient my, my life towards. What is one thing that I need to kind of remove in my life. And if you can act on that, and if you can, if you can reorient that for, for a day or two or a week, what, what, are, what are the common rules that I need to have in my life? What are the common rules that our family needs to have in our lives? If you can have those conversations, and if you can have those conversations once a month, a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, you'll be in an amazing place. So, let me pray. Lord, uh, we pray for your guidance, your wisdom, and, and strength for us to be faithful to you and in our commitment to be being a disciple. Lord, um, you have called us to be to be part of the greatest family. That you have called us to, to be part of the kingdom family. And I pray that that we would know, we would know what our family mission and family, family vision is, is that is that that you want the world to know, know you. Lord, that in the midst of our busy lives, in the midst of of, of chaos in our lives, Lord, I pray that you would quiet all, all these things down and you would give us peace and that you would give us direction and guidance to be able to do the things that you have called us to do, Lord. And help us figure out how we can submit these things to you, Lord. Whether it be our personal idols, whether it be... Um, having our identity and our, our work or our schedules being full or just having our identity being busy, Lord, whether it's um, not knowing how to have these conversations, Lord, I pray that, that the Spirit lead us in having these conversations in the, at an individual level, at a communal level, Lord. And I pray that we can come together to make an impact in this world, Lord. The world needs, need, needs you, Lord. Thank you for using us, our, our family units, as, as vessels, as conduits for the gospel to go forward. Lord, I pray that, that we, would, we would find the vision that you have for our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.